What's up, everybody? It's Jaren from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For he's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. The, the show started out with uh, basically a, a beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. podcast justin bedford alongside noah russo and this week's episode is brought to you guys by DraftKings. Uh, you guys have heard us talk a lot about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs this week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to get in on all the action Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports and is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? Ooh, I'm good. Just had to turn my mic on right there. Uh, try and keep it off for the amazing ad reads you, you bring every, every single episode. Oh, man. Get, getting better at them for sure but yeah i mean we, we uh you know I, mi- I missed you on the podcast last episode yeah i was uh, i was driving back from florida i'm not i'm not gonna lie it was a very early start very late and and i was just not in a i i i legitimately could not have pulled 30 minutes out of my no no uh, man, I, like, I, I i get it it was just it was it was just one of those long 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 days but you want to oh, know what I'm 
back in the studio now. Um, it it so feels good. Very loosely using the term studio. You can see the setup you've got right now. You got a kitchen table in the back, a hockey bag, your mic set up. I don't know if studio is perhaps the. I don't know term. what more you could ask for a mic and a hockey bag. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, I like in my setup, I got a bunch of stuff that like at least makes it look studio-ish. You know, I got some monitors, some fun lights. I can but, change that. Like, let's see. Uh, you know, if, if we ever start doing the uh, oh oh little background action. Yeah, like I can do I can do the virtual background here. I'll do this one. Um, if if we ever do like our you know our live recording episodes, then 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 maybe we'll have to figure something out. I'm definitely going to be rocking the virtual background for that. Oh, hundred percent. You got it. You got yeah. it. And we're, we're going to try and do merch. I think I don't know if it's going to be, uh, I don't know what the, how long the process might be, but I, I, we're going to, we're going to try and work on that. Yeah. We'll figure something out. It should, it should work out. Lots of stuff in the works. Uh, glad to have you back this week for sure. Uh, super weird to, to trying to do an episode alone. Cause then it's just yeah. like, kind of talking at nothing you know it, it you want to know what that's like proper original episode of the podcast though that is our ver- the very first episode of the podcast which was the old podcast doesn't exist anymore was just me talking at my phone for like a good 40 minutes uh last week same sort of thing um i mean i i debated like seeing if i could just like try to debate myself but then I, I decided against that idea because I thought I'd just start confusing myself. So uh, went against that. Uh, talked a bit about the Panthers. I was talking about uh, their upcoming game against Carolina, how important it was going to be. And obviously Panthers on a back-to-back, uh, would they have enough energy? And we got the answer, which was no. Uh, yeah. they, did, they did not. Uh, clo- close, close enough game. Uh, and I think... You know, like Carolina is one of the better teams in the division. Um, they, they definitely are. So, it, I mean, that, they were my pick to win the division. At, they, that was my start. pick too to win the division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously not the not the desired start, but I mean, Bobrovsky. I mean, who did they play? Um, uh, what game was I watching the other Columbus? day? Yeah, yeah, Columbus. Yeah, so the game after Columbus uh Bobrovsky was excellent they come away with the win um and I mean for Bobrovsky going to go, going up against his former team uh I imagine as a player that's always got to be fun and you always want to you know play your absolute best for for those ones and I I think uh he absolutely did that with that being said though you know as good as Bobrovsky was there was the ridiculous save on Alexander Barkov I don't know if you saw it uh, uh, honestly, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it because like, uh, I just, it's man, like to, to think it, it, it's, it's interesting to think because you, you look at a goal, right? You look at a net, you look at how much like area the goalie stick takes up and he's able to come up with that save. That's just unbelievable in my mind. Yeah, I mean, we see it sometimes, like, there's a lot of save, like, you know, every now and again, you'll see a spectacular, you know, stick save or glove save like that, and it's like, man, like, the player just slides it along the ice, like, that is a goal. 
but uh, not many guys do that. Usually trying to shelf it or, or, you know, get some height on it. And sometimes, sometimes the goalie just, you know, finds a way to make the save, uh, which was the case there. But I don't think, you know, any Panther fans are, you know, losing any sleep over it. They get the win. And that is all that really matters in the end. Uh, and, you know, keeps them, you know, right where they want to be in the standings and in a pretty good spot going into tomorrow's game against the Blue Jackets. And then they got an upcoming set against the Blackhawks. Uh, so should be some great games here on the schedule. And it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun here in the next, you know, second half of the season. Absolutely. And you look at the, the top teams in this division and it's actually unreal. The the talent they have and just I, I don't know if it's because the di- division sucks, which let's face it, it kind of does. But, like, these teams are doing fantastic. I'm talking about, like, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Florida, obviously. I mean, they're just, they're just crushing it night after night. And then you, you kind of get Chicago that quite literally came out of nowhere. Um, it's, I mean, it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, Patty Kane's got to be right in that MVP conversation right now, the way he's playing and putting the Chicago Blackhawks on his back has them in a playoff spot right now. Uh, and one of the, one of the question mark, like questions I had before the season was, you know, it's great that we have all these, you know, it's, it's all interdivision games. Every game means so much. Uh, but the question I kind of had was, would I, you know, ever get tired of just watching, you know, the Panthers play the, you know, same six teams. Yes. yes absolutely. Uh, how have you found that so far? Has there ever been a point where like, I mean, oh, yeah. I don't want to watch them play like Chicago for like the eighth time? 100%. I mean, and this is being like dead honest and I've noticed it like watching other teams as well. It's, I don't need to see Ottawa versus Winnipeg eight times this year. It's, yeah, actually, you don't need to see them once either. It's No, exactly. Like nobody needs to see that period. Um, it, like it's it's really fun to see Florida go up against like top dogs in Carolina and Tampa, but I I just have no interest in watching Florida play Nashville eight times a year. Yeah, I think, I think it's really- like a just no appeal to me whatsoever. It's like it's fun up to four games, and then you think about that you still have to play twice that many games against the same opponent. It's like can we just get it over with? And it's just, it's just such a compressed schedule too. And it's not like if you play a team, you know, eight times in a year, like it's a lot, but if you sprinkle in, you know, games versus, you know, 15, 20 other teams in there, it's not as bad, but we get with the compressed schedule and the only, you know, interdivision games, um, you know, it almost feels like deja vu sometimes when you're watching them where it's like, they're just, they're always playing Yeah, uh, the team's, I haven't gotten too bored with it so far, but I think like, you know, I haven't lost any interest or been like, Oh, I'm, I'm not going to watch. Like, I'll still watch them. Cause I like watching hockey. So I'll still watch Florida versus Nashville, you know, if it's on and I've, you know, nothing else going on. But for me, I think I'd feel a lot different about it. If the Panthers weren't playing so well. Exactly. Like, like I would find it very frustrating if I was a Detroit Red Wings fan and it's like, all right, let's, let's go get blown out by Tampa Bay or Florida or, you know, Carolina or whoever it is, you know, that they're playing. 
I think I'd definitely get bored of that. But with the way the team's playing right now, I mean, it's just more, it's more just excitement that's coming through right now with, with every game. Absolutely. And it, it's, it's excitement for me playing those top teams. And I, you know, it's just kind of frustrating. And you just given the nature of hockey is you're playing Detroit eight times. Well, you know, they're probably going to win three games. Like that's just statistically speaking, that's, that's what happens. And kind of knowing that, and it's just frustrating. It's makes it so much more frustrating to, 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 to see those games and just, especially the, the, the powerhouse that Detroit is, it's not, not as enjoyable for me personally. Yeah, no, I was like Detroit there. I mean, they're a mess. That's, you know, pr- pretty apparent at this point. And I, I mean, everyone... that being said, I think it's safe to say that in five years, we're going to be saying the complete opposite. I, I think Steve Eiserman there is going to put in a significant, like a serious process that is going to, bring them back to where they were that's that's what I assume but it's going to be interesting to see because he had a lot of elite pieces in Tampa yeah I think the thing like because Detroit is one of those teams that like really you know a lot of times when teams you know they've had their success and then they kind of start to fall off a bit they'll embrace the rebuild Uh, Detroit didn't do that for a long long time uh, mainly because you know with their owner who is uh since passed on but was older at the time you know you, you want to win in the, the window that you have so they kind of you know really hurt their future ability by you know spending what they could and, and making some of the moves they made but Detroit has a super bright future ahead no doubt and a great general manager at the helm but right now I mean they're just a mess yeah like like uh, uh <laughs> earlier today I was doing a like a Seattle uh, crack and I was just going through the different protection scenarios for different teams. And like, you get to Detroit and it's like, I don't know. It's like four guys worth protecting. Like, I and mean, I mean, and, and, cause, five. cause, cause the, the guys you would want to protect are all prospects. Yeah. So the, well, the guys that like they're, you know, there's, there's prospects that you don't need to protect. And then there's, that are good young players that they have right now, but Okay, so you protect like what? Chalowski, Hronik, Larkin, Mantha, Bertuzzi. And then it's like, where, where are the other spots going? Like, you know, if they re sign Bobby Ryan, like, do you protect him? I mean, he's on a tear, but. Like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, it, it, and I, I can't remember exactly the format that it was for Vegas. And I assume it's going to be the same as it's you the have. Same. The- you have the choice of like goalie defenseman and then forwards or just total number. So you get one goalie and then you can do four D four forwards, or you can do uh, 10 skaters with three D and seven forwards. And you can't protect a D in that, a goalie in that scenario. No, you can, you can protect, you protect one goalie in your scenario. The goalie doesn't change. So it's either, it's either four and four or seven and three. Yeah. Yeah. It- it's, I mean, Detroit's just a team that is obviously going to go for seven and three. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's a lot of teams that I think are actually like based on, you know, going through stuff and obviously there's going to be moves, but I anticipate at least right most now teams, that, yeah. that most teams would go with seven and three, uh, you know, unless they have, you know, a really deep defense. 
but it's it's so hard to predict too because there's going to be a ton of movement before that expansion draft takes place. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I'm mean, I'm sure Seattle is going to be making those same deals that Vegas was making in in exchange for either picking a player or not picking a player. It's I, I think we're going to see a very similar situation, but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be significantly more strenuous than the Vegas expansion draft. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Obviously, you would hope that teams have learned from maybe mistakes they made last time around. And obviously, the Florida Panthers were one of those teams that, you know, made eh, an error. Big yikes. Right. So you hope teams will learn from that. But at the same time, Seattle's had a much longer time period to, you know, as an organization to evaluate players like Vegas. I think they only had a year run up from when they got awarded the franchise Seattle's had a couple years now where they yeah. with a and they've been infrastructure heavy heavy hitters in analytics yeah they're going all out bringing in all the analytics people they can find some really uh incredibly smart people so I I think they're going to do very well for themselves and I think there's going to be some some pretty good players available uh but we'll talk about more on that you know in a later episode we planned on doing one where we talk about what Florida should look at doing for that uh expansion draft <laughs> and uh so so we'll cover that at a later date but the big news in in the league this week was the new tv deal with espn in the states uh what are your thoughts on, on the agreement and how it's going to work out for for espn and the league huge like th- th- like this is massive in my opinion um, first of all, like, let, let's just talk about ESPN alone because it's not ESPN alone. It's a lot of, a lot of platforms. ESPN alone. I think this is such a good deal, not only for NHL, but just the sport of hockey. You walk into any sports bar and I guarantee you, they're going to have ESPN on TV and to, to have that reach and to like, just have a possibility of there being hockey on one night and just someone's like maybe a little, little buzzed and they're like, Oh, like this is pretty cool. I think that that just having the sport on ESPN is going to mean so much for the sport of hockey. Yeah, I think absolutely. It's definitely going to lead to, to hopefully more exposure. And then obviously with it being ESPN, uh, which is owned by Disney uh, there's, there's going to be a lot more resources put behind the, the product uh, that they're, they're displaying on TV than we've seen, you know, in recent years. So, and I think that that's a huge part of it too, because I think if you watch some of the, the U S broadcasts, it's not even close to the same quality as, you know, some of the Canadian ones. And so if I'm in a market and that's what, what hockey is shown as on TV. Yeah. I'm not as interested because you know, it, the coloring's not as good. The camera angles are a bit weird. It's just certain little minor things. And I think ESPN is going to do a really great job at executing uh, how the the games are presented on TV. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. Uh, One fun side note, I saw a tweet about this today. So the last game that aired uh, nationally on ESPN was the 2004 Stanley Cup final. Calgary, Tampa Bay, game seven, Tampa Bay wins it. It was a bit of a controversial series, though. 
bit of controversy in this series, but the fun part about it is, is that let's say you, you were, you know, a fan in the U S and that was the last time you, you'd watched a game on ESPN. You tune in, you know, to the new ESPN. And what's that is Daryl Sutter still behind the Calgary bench. <laughs> yes, he is. See last one. <laughs> So oh, <laughs> we'll mention maybe a little bit about that that hiring. I I've heard very. I talked different... I talked about it a bunch last week. Okay, I've heard very different opinions about it. I've yeah. heard some very significant people that have been saying that it was a terrible move. You know, I think it's. I don't know if he was the the it it, it it's an interesting move because you you do hear you know a lot of strong opinions one way or the other. Uh, the sense I've gotten from at least Flames fans that I've talked to being from Alberta, uh, they seem excited about it just because they see a team that doesn't work as hard as they should be. And that is what Daryl Sutter does is he, you know, gets a lot of effort out of, of players. And we saw that in his first practice, they were bag skating out there. Like that looked miserable. Yeah. It was like giving me flashbacks from miracle again, again. And I'm, (laughs) And I mean, by the end of the day, like he's had results in the league, very good results, obviously with the Stanley Cups in LA. My concern was that I think in the short term, it can be really good for for this Calgary team and give them that kind of boost to get themselves, you know, back into that playoff conversation in the North. But at a certain point, when you have a coach that coaches that way, I think eventually at some point, the players will start to tune them out. And whether that's in, you know, and, and they year, did with the previous years. coach. Yeah. So it, I don't know uh, how it's going to go in Calgary. Uh, but I think for, for, for Flames fans, I think they're just excited to have some change and hopefully see some better results here uh, down, the, down the last half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And if, if we just uh, – we kind of uh, got distracted there and it's kind of my fault I engaged in that discourse. Um if we go back to this ESPN deal, um, which is obviously very exciting, ESPN is getting a bunch of games, like, and they're getting four out of the next seven Stanley Cup finals, not including this upcoming one that I guess it starts the year next after. Year, yeah. That's a pretty significant grab for them. You're getting more than 50% of the Stanley Cup finals in that time. And I think it's safe to assume that NBC is going to have the rest of them uh that no i haven't seen any speculation on that or any anything on that but i think that's the assumption at this point um the only thing that i'm not that i just flat out don't like about this deal is i use nhl live i log in on the nhl website and i can watch all the games i want that aren't in my local market well, that's not going to be a thing anymore. And I'm going to have to go through an ESPN plus subscription. And then on top of that, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to pay for an NHL TV subscription on ESPN plus. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how, how they're going to roll that out. Uh, definitely uh, going to probably be a bit pricier. Uh, and that's just the, the nature. I mean, I think that was just an inevitable thing that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just you're you're moving towards a much bigger streaming like tendency, and I think NBC. If if we get NBC, it's going to be interesting to see how they weave in Peacock 
knowing that NHL's, NHL's out-of-market streaming package is going to be exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Like, what does that mean for NBC? Is significant competitor here getting that subscription package? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how because, it plays out. Because I know that I, I know for sure I'm going to be subscribing to ESPN+. Plus. There's no chance that I'm subscribing to Peacock. And that's that's the driving moneymaker right now is that they're they're all everyone is moving to streaming services. Yeah, obviously that's the way you know it's it's been trending towards, and we expected uh, that this would be the same and how it's kind of played out. Uh, and so yeah, there is that you know you, you you might have to pay more to get all the games, uh, but at least with the ESPN ones, you're going to probably get a better quality product, uh, which is nice. Like I don't. I have NHL Live set up at the house here, but it's not my account, so it, it costs me nothing. You know, even but- even an an NHL Live subscription to me, who doesn't own any cable, is so worth it. I think it's one hundred and eighty dollars Canadian, so like one fifty American. Quick math, like that's a bargain in my opinion to get to watch. Like, like right now, I have two games on and. You know, I, I'm getting obviously getting my money's worth, but if I watch a game every night, you, you think about the the return on investment that I'm getting, and I'm probably paying like uh, there's 162 consecutive days of hockey. If I watch one, you know, if I watch one every night, and some nights obviously I'm going to watch three because there's going to be an early late uh, early like evening and then late game is you're getting like, you're getting your money's worth out of this package. If you're using it, like we do. Yeah. And I think for the most part, those, those are the people that have those packages or the people that are going to use them and watch hockey on a pretty much daily basis. Uh, and so for those yeah. individuals, absolutely worth it. The other component of this deal though, is uh, just how much uh, money it's going to make the NHL. I think it was 400 million. Uh I don't know the exact I'm not going to lie. I didn't even see the money, the money figures. Right. So yeah, I'm, which, I'm which glad is, you're, they're very, very hidden. Um, yeah. So there, there is that element of uh, you get, you get this, you know, and that was something the NHL knew that their, their current deal was expiring and they knew that they were going to secure. Sorry, you know, yeah. and, so sources tell the athletic more than $400 million annually. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be, quite substantial amount of uh, revenue for the league. Now, and- here's the question. Like, I, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, are, you, are we assuming that the NHL is going to be able to get the same, if not a similar number from NBC? No clue. No clue. I would assume it's just based on what's been, what's been announced, what ESPN is going to get, I would assume the NBC deal kind of – takes a step back in terms of monetary value and you're at at this point i think you're looking at total broadcasting revenue from us and canada can't remember exactly what the rogers deal is worth but you're looking at about a billion dollars every year and you, you compare that to the other leagues like the nfl and that i mean total that's half of like one broadcasting deal for the NFL. 
So it, it's going to be interesting. I like the seven-year format. It's not too long. It's not too short. It lets ESPN build up a presence and then really like going into the next contract negotiations. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and obviously the NHL is desperate for money. Like let's, let, let's face it. That's, that's just a reality it's just because of COVID. Um, they needed this. They yeah. got what they wanted. And long-term, I think it's going to be good, even though it's, it's significantly less money than what competitors are bringing in. Yeah. I think the hope with the new, when there, there was going to be a new deal was that, you know, I think the league was anticipating, you know, a significant upgrade from what they already had in place and that that revenue and increase was going to be hugely important to recovering uh, from the economics of everything that's occurred over the last year. So with that in mind, like it's huge for the recovery of the league and being able to uh, upgrade and to, you know, increase the salary cap and stuff like that. And then the seven year uh, term, as you mentioned, I absolutely love because it, it obviously it's not on the same level of the NFL. Right. And so you're, you're never going to make the same money that the NFL makes, but by going seven years instead of 10, you're, you're leaving enough time to build that presence where you can now say, Hey, like, look at how, look at how, look at our product now, look at how many people are watching. Right. And now all of a sudden the value goes even further up from there and the league can just keep climbing and climbing uh, as I'm sure they hope to do. The other thing though, is that, you know, you get all this revenue, but it's important to spend it in the right way. Like it's, it's very easy to waste it by spending it on the wrong things. Right. So outdoor game in Alaska. That's not a waste. That's brilliant. I love it. (laughs) I'm all about it, but just, yeah, it's great that they have this in place. Now it's okay. You you got the deal you wanted. So what are you going to do with, with all the extra money? Where's that going to go? And how is that going to further the league and the the NHL brand as a whole? So I'm curious to see uh, what steps the league takes and what opportunities they're looking for uh, that are ultimately just going to contribute towards uh, the recovery that they hope happens sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's what we're banking on. And uh, obviously if you're, I, I'm not sure what the, the distribution of this $400 million is. Um, I don't know, like if it's uneven, between us and canadian teams because it's all this is all revenue sharing right yeah um because espn is mainly in the us and they're mainly going to be covering us teams is is how much are canadian teams able to get of that i i have no idea i cannot even speculate anything i legitimately don't know um but you have seattle coming in that's another team to share the pot with. Yeah, it's another team to share the pot with, but obviously with their expansion fees being paid, that'll help more so in the short term than not having them in the league. And the long term, obviously, yeah, splitting with another team, the revenue, uh, you know, it's less for these teams. Uh, for, for me, I think the thing that I'm really excited about is the potential for like original NHL programming. Like you see, obviously there's the games itself, right? And every sport, you know, has that, but then you see like football and they have like the hard knock series that they do. They have all these really cool behind the scenes 
uh, types of uh, well, programs well, and series. And Amazon seen- Prime. Amazon Prime has one with the Maple Leafs, right? Yeah, but I don't care about the Maple Leafs. Yeah, me, me neither. I honestly, like, I would have to be so desperate for content that I start watching a thing about the Maple Leafs. Um, but yeah, I would love to see what's going on in like a team like the Rangers. Yeah. Like, I think there's just, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff and there's a lot of, I think a lot of fans would, would really like and, uh, consume content like that. And so with the resources behind ESPN and Disney, are they able to create stuff so that it becomes more than just showing the games that fans become more invested uh, in the sport as a whole? So I'm super stoked for that. I hope they come up with some really cool stuff. Uh, I imagine they will. I mean, it's it's Disney, so. and they they get they get the All Star game as well. Um, Sick. Which which we we've talked about the All Star game at length in in previous episodes. Is I wonder what they're going to be able to bring to the table because I'm looking for a new experience out of that. Yeah, I, I think I think it just elevates the league and the sport so much that it's it's gonna be uh, incredible, and I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it kicking in. And I, Fa- I fantastic I, deal. Yeah, and I just, and I hope that it gets more people into the sport and more eyes on it uh, because you know it is hockey and it's it's an awesome sport. Yeah, and especially considering like yeah, hockey's like fan demographic their their average age is increasing significantly um it's going to be really interesting to see we we saw it with the nfl and nickelodeon is would would disney be able to to kind of come in and help the nhl regain a younger fan base yeah i think getting young fans interested is is hugely important and i think that's obviously uh, a big strength for Disney uh, and their brand. So I, I absolutely anticipate there will be, you know, a ton of different things that they, they put in to, to make the, the sport appeal to uh, younger fans. And I mean, it's just going to be, everything's just going to be better because of this deal. Really? That's, that's the gist of it. Absolutely. And one last thing is I hope we get new sports center ads. I don't know if you saw that video on Twitter today, of but of course like, I did. Of, of course you did. Compilation Absurd of all the questions. <laughs> oh, my my personal favorite is Henrik Henrik Lundqvist and the Swedish Chef from uh, uh, from the Muppets. Um, but you know that content is just so fun to see, and it just doesn't exist right now. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so awesome. I can't. I honestly like. I don't, you know, I don't even watch the American feeds that much, but uh, I'm looking forward to it and seeing, you know, what kind of fresh ideas they can bring to it. It's going to be, it's going to be an absolute blast. Absolutely. Uh, with that being said, Noah, real quick here, before we go, I have two, two questions I planned out just in case we need a little filler time at the end here, which we usually do because we don't plan these things out that well pretty much ever no and we we always kind of like end up at like this like point where we still have a few minutes to spare that we need content for but we we just didn't plan it out to get get to that 30 minute mark yeah 
So, all right, I got two. All right, hit me. Hit me with a question. All right, so I'm going to call them, like, they're questions, but they're more like unofficial awards is how I'm phrasing it. All right. So, most surprising player this year in a positive way. And so, a tricky question. I was trying to think of a name for for the award, and I was like, I, I, I don't know who's, like, Surprising. I thought like the John and the Chichu award because he had like that like 50 goal season that one year. Yeah. Um, hmm. Excellent question. Um we should we should do a little like um little like uh, asterisk next to the question that it can't be a rookie because I am loving what I'm seeing for um Lankin in, in Chicago. Yeah, rook- like yeah, rookies don't count. I'm talking like I mean, I guess it could count if he didn't expect much from Kevin Lankinen, which I think most people didn't, even though, you know, I love me some Kevin Lankinen. No, exactly. They, they didn't. They, they, Chicago comes into the, the, the year with three goalies, and y- you didn't really know what to expect. I mean, um, I, think, I think real ones knew Kevin Lankinen was the real deal years ago. But. Well, yeah, obviously. I, I, I had a feeling uh, just based off of what he did at the World Juniors. He was, he was lights out there. Um. But we'll exclude, said, we'll exclude rookies from, from this. Uh, who is the most surprising player for you this season in a positive way? A player you maybe thought past their prime, old, slow, not going to have a good year, going to fall off a cliff, but nope. They, they, they're just, they keep on going. Who is it? I think there there's so many answers for this. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have to go. It's it's a really it's it's an interesting I, question i, I will say uh, off this, the top though. of my head right now i'm I'll, I'll give an answer right now is i'm gonna say jeff petrie in montreal oh the He's, guy from quebec says jeff petrie you know like guy yeah he just resigned a contract six million per you're not really you're expecting to him to be just the solid defenseman on your blue line that's able to contribute you're not expecting him to come out and be in the Norris conversation. I mean, yeah, he, he's a good for me, player. For me, that's for for me that's a surprise. Um, like that's just off the top of my head. I didn't really get time to prepare for this question. Yeah, I kind of sprung this on you. Um, so that, that's that's on me. But I also yeah. love doing that because you know I, I know like you do because I like when you just you know think on the fly. It's much more fun for me. Um, I like that picture. Also, Aaron, Aaron Ekblad, Aaron Ekblad's goals. I, I would never have expected him to be tied for leading defenseman in the entire league for goals. I, uh, yeah, on, on last week's episode, I was talking about him and, you know, potentially being in that Norris discussion. Uh, so if anyone's curious, listen to the last episode. It's just me and it's fairly short and I don't know, probably boring. Uh, but for me, <laughs> my pick, most surprising player this year is a guy who's a bit on the older side. I thought he's got no supporting cast. He's in his 30s. He's absolutely poised to fall off a cliff. And I could not have been more wrong. And that's Anze Kopitar. You know, I didn't say Anze Kopitar because I have him in fantasy. And I was hoping that he was going to deliver this season. So I, I can't be that surprised. But fantastic pick. Yeah, I mean, literally alone. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's 33 years old. I thought he was going to drop off. I thought LA was a terrible team. I still do. But, uh, I mean, 
30 points in 24 games right now. Uh, even more because I think he has an apple tonight. So 25 assists on the year. I mean, he has just been the ultimate disher this year for the Kings. And a big reason why they haven't sucked as much as they probably should. Uh, so for me, Anze Kopitar is that guy. He is the player who I cannot believe is playing as well as he is. I also considered Patty Kane for this just because, you know, as good as Patrick Kane is, without Taves, without Kirby Doc, without any proven goalies, with Brent Seabrook retiring, I thought there's no way Patty Kane can do Patty Kane things. But no, he but still does. He's he's superstar caliber. He's superstar caliber. I would not be surprised with Patrick Kane doing that. Yeah, I mean, like, he, is, he is a superstar. And that's player. just a, cl- you know, it's it's kind of hard for me to, to judge that he's that surprising just because he has the talent for it. It's just you can't expect him to do it every season. Yeah, so that and I, and I agree with you that that's why he wasn't my pick. Um, but now the opposite uh, award player who has surprised you the most this season in a bad way. I'm calling this the Scott Gomez award. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty good one. Um, I mean, I have, I have a few off the top of my head. Um, obviously Jeff Skinner in Buffalo. That's you're just, that that's just terrible. Um, Lafreniere in New York, going to be honest, thought this guy was going to be way more productive than he is. Uh, I don't know why exactly. I don't know if he needs just a year to adjust. I don't know if it's okay, because keep of COVID, exclu- exclu- Excluding rookies. And with Lafreniere, like, his underlying numbers have been very good. Like, he's been driving play reasonably well. Uh, he just The points aren't there right now. And I think with a rookie, it's kind of hard to, to gauge expectations like we saw with Hughes and, and Kako last year. Uh, Jack Hughes, by the way, another great pick for a player who surprised most. Yeah, yeah. Um, just thinking of that now. Uh, but uh, Lafreniere, he is a rookie. I thought he'd put up more points, but I still like what I've seen from him even when the points aren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that is not my pick. Uh, you said Jeff Skinner. Yeah, it's just an easy pick for someone who hasn't really thought about the question. Yeah, for me, Jeff Skinner, I mean, he had such a bad year last year too. I know, but he's still getting paid $9.5 million. You would expect him to have more than a goal 20 games in. Yeah, which is, however, you know, as bad as Jeff Skinner has been, I think, you know, Buffalo as a team has been awfully brutal, which is why my pick is the entire Buffalo Sabres roster, top to bottom. Yes, yes. And I know people, you know. Jeff Skinner's, I mean, yeah. You know, I've gotten some Twitter DMs saying that we, we, you know, chirp the Sabres too much, talk a lot of shit, but you know what? At the end of the day, you guys suck. They deserve it. <laughs> yeah, like, at a certain, I mean, just, and it's not even like, in the past, like the Sabres have sucked, but they've had great top guys. Like Jack Eichel's been fantastic, but just this year, nothing seems to be working for this team. Absolutely nothing. Like, just nothing. I mean, is Carter Hutton injured? Like, he's not their starter anymore. It's Omar. Like, to me, that's just not good. Yeah. Like, so to, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a bad situation there in Buffalo. People seem to be losing their minds uh, after the, you know, the losses just keep piling up from them. Six wins this season, a total of 16 points. 
a minus 24 goal differential, one, seven and two in their last 10. That is my pick for most disappointing player. It's yeah, their back, team. back to that back to back, like five, two losses to the Islanders. And it was just literally the, like, I don't even know why I was watching those games, but just absolutely horrible. And, Everything is summed up in that Taylor Hall little excerpt tripping over the blue line. That's literally the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. Uh, I just want to correct you on something real quick here. It wasn't back-to-back 5-2 losses to the Islanders. It was three straight losing 5-2. So back-to-back-to-back, it just didn't get any better for them. And that is after they come off a, and that is after coming off a loss to the Rangers, and then before that, going two games without scoring a goal, back to back, three nothing shutouts from Philadelphia. That team has just been brutal. But no disrespect, yeah. and no disrespect. Jack Eichel's to, out now. It's. I don't think it's getting any better. Yeah, at least not in the no, immediate future. Absolutely not. But there's just, there's, I don't think there is a single player on that team that I'm looking at and I'm going, yeah, like this guy really exceeded my expectations this year. I thought, you know, he wasn't going to be good and he's fantastic. Like nobody's doing that for me. No one's moving the needle in a positive direction on that team. I mean, like, I mean, Dylan Cousins, you know, good for him getting in there. You know, he looks, he looks pretty good. He's a rookie. It's like, you don't have any basis on which to compare. Yeah, so, yeah, there's nothing to pair. So, again, can't be, you know, uh, you can't really exceed expectations. Um, I guess Toby Reader, too, four goals. You know, it's four more than he had that one year in Edmonton. (laughs) You love bringing that up. I love bringing it up because I'll never forget uh, how snake bitty was that year. Uh, But, yeah, for me, that team, absolute disappointment. And I think most Sabres fans probably feel the same way. Uh, so for that reason, I just can't single out a single one of them. It's got to be the whole team as a collective. Absolutely. And actually, not just the whole team, the whole organization. I'm going to go further. Just yeah. terrible. Just not going great so far. Uh, Subpar, them. like, yeah, absolutely. Will, but, you know, like, still halfway through the season, lots of time to rebound. Will they do it? No. But, you know, I guess there's a small possibility they could. We'll just have no. to wait and see and find out. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm just, yeah, I'm really glad I'm not a Sabres fan right now. Absolutely. Because that sounds brutal. And with that, we'll end off the podcast. Thank you to everyone tuning into today's episode. We will be back on Monday with a brand new episode where we talk about more Panthers hockey stuff, more stuff from around the league. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we will see you all then.